Hello, I'm Emily Cherish. And this is the first episode of the five-year reunion. A little bit about myself. For the past couple years, I've been doing audio and production for different company podcasts. So essentially, I make podcasts for different businesses that want to use it as part of their marketing. Shout out to our technical producer, Emily on the computing. Thank you, Emily. The Zabar's podcast is produced by Emily Cherish. I grew up in Newtown, Connecticut, attended Newtown High School, class of 2016. When I visited my hometown, Newtown, I ran into someone I went to high school with, who I haven't seen in five years, who was like, Emily, you're always posting cool stuff. Later that night, I was scrolling through my own Instagram and it dawned on me that this was literally such a terrible representation over the past five years because a few things were left out, such as learned Chinese, had a two year lawsuit, lived with a 90 year old woman for a year, attended 11 universities, and none of that was reflected on social media. This made me really curious about the gaps not documented in not only that girl's life that I ran into, but on a larger scale, the people I went to high school with. What are some of the things people went through? What are some stories from the past five years? And literally where is Amanda Walsh right now. So I devised a concept. I'm going to go on a road trip to meet people from high school and have a conversation with them about the past five years of their lives. I want to hear about how they've changed, about formative experiences in their lives, and where people are at right now. To keep things even, I entered all 435 names of our graduating class into a Quizlet study deck and hit shuffle. I messaged the first 50 names on Facebook Messenger and by process of elimination, either being too far, unavailable, or some people really just still haven't downloaded Facebook Messenger. And I'm not gonna be the one to send them an invite because you know, we haven't seen each other in a while. I gathered a group of 23 willing participants. I organized a mini road trip to meet the ones who moved away and a trip back home to meet the rest. This podcast series documents my conversations with my former classmates and my trip to meet them. Welcome to the five-year reunion. Today is the first day of my road trip. I got up early, forgot all my socks, and hit the road. Road trip! Starting route to Providence. Cookies out! You must be so tired. Okay, but you have your music. You can listen to Drake or something. It's <laughs> so long. Why you drive all the way? I know. It's it's a fucking long trip. When we lose Not too much. Um, my dad's birthday was the other day. Oh yeah, um, I meant to text him, I forgot. <laughs> you have arrived at your destination. My first classmate, I had one class with her in high school and it was an honor to be in the same academic space with her. Such a genius. Haven't seen her in five years. I love this notebook, it's so great. There are ideas scattered between like, notebooks like this, things I might want wow. to make. And then I wow. describe ones in more detail here, but. So these are all like different inventions or different, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these are ideas for future, future inventions. I'm Abigail Kohler, usually known as Abby, uh, and we're in Providence, Rhode Island. Uh, so I graduated from Brown last May in 2020, uh, and since then I've been working full-time on the company that I started while I was at Brown. Okay, which break has been it lovely. down. I've been yeah, wanting yeah. to ask, how did it start? Basically, I was taking this medical, medical illustration class uh, my junior year at Brown. I absolutely loved it, and it meant that 
uh, I was in Rhode Island Hospital all the time because mm. I was illustrating step by step how people were doing these procedures. I've always had an artistic side. My mom's yes. an artist. I love, 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 love art. So I was I tried to take some art all through undergrad, and this one class in particular was awesome because it just like melded the like medical stuff that I love with art. I was in this class and I was in Rhode Island Hospital a bunch, and I overheard someone say how difficult it is to do CPR. And it was just kind of a light bulb moment of, I am studying engineering, maybe I have the capacity to fix that. I have a good friend who's now my co-founder. I went to him and was like, hey, I have some ideas. Let's work on that. Exactly what is the idea? Yeah, so the idea that we've developed is a piece of software that can measure the depth and rate of your chest compressions while you're performing CPR. The thing when you're doing CPR, the thing that actually matters is the depth because people's hearts are all very physiologically similar uh, in terms of how deep they need to be pressed in order to pump the right amount of blood through the body. But where they're very physiologically different is uh, in bone density and in like the strength of your muscles. So the actual amount of force you need to push is very, very different person to person. Imagine like doing CPR on like a really, really fit 20-year-old versus an 80-year-old. Like it's gonna feel very different mm. to reach that same depth mm. because you know their bones and their muscles are just very different. So this measures depth. So if someone has a cardiac arrest, they can use this software, uh, which is on your phone, and hold their phone in their hand while their hands are in CPR position. What are the, some of the problems that it's solving? So one of the big problems is that people you know, when they're about to perform CPR, their adrenaline's rushing and they go way too fast. So this will, you know, give them the knowledge that they need to say, oh, I'm going too fast, I need to go slower. If I'm going to save this person's life, I need to go slower. Depth, people often go too shallow. So it'll tell them, okay, I actually, I need to go deeper in order to pump an adequate amount of blood and keep blood flowing mm -hmm. to your brain to keep it alive, even if your heart's not working. You know, people are really nervous to try CPR at all. So I hope it gives people more confidence. A lot of people, um, take CPR training at some point in their lives. Like, you know, whether they want to be a babysitter or they go into some sort of profession where they need it, because um, there are tons of them. There are 40 million Americans with CPR training requirements. Uh, a lot of people have taken it, but then actually don't feel the confidence if they're in the situation to try it, which is unfortunate. It shows that, you know, training in its current iteration isn't really working and isn't mm. really effective and people need tools on top of that, which totally makes sense. You're yeah. performing a medical procedure. <laughs> of course you need help. I hope people will feel assured that like, if they have an emergency or if someone around them has a an emergency of any sort, that they'll be able to step in and do something. Mm. I wanna give people their power and their agency back. What was the business side of things? Did yeah. you? Yeah, so working on the patent was one of the first things we decided to do. Um, for a lot of reasons, it made sense to try to protect the intellectual property surrounding the idea. So we filed a provisional patent in June of 2019, um, and then filed two more. Uh, and then we wrapped it all together and filed an international patent application. Oh my God. That's that following amazing. June. <laughs> what, yeah. is, what needs to be included? That's a great question. Yeah. <laughs> well, first a title, and then you need inventors and huh. you need an invention. Um, so you need to claim things that your patent is, uh, that make your invention unique. 
Um, so you claim things that are unique and non-obvious to people skilled in the art, which these are all like ridiculous legal terms. I at one point decided I was going to read the Manual of Patent Examination Procedures, which I promptly started and did not read because it is long and full of legal jargon. Um, and then you describe in great detail every aspect of your invention, both the unique and non-obvious things that you're claiming and all the other things. So even if something like has been done before, but you're using it as a part of your patent, you want to describe that. How long is an application? Oh, man. Ours is, I feel like it's somewhere around 30, 40 pages. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess two questions. Sure. What's your biggest dream with this? And like, what's your biggest dream? <laughs> so my biggest dream with this is that we get it FDA cleared. We go through this thing called the 510K process, which is this process by which the FDA says, like, this is good to go. You can use it on real people. Mm. I want this piece of software to be... Uh, available for use on real people by anyone. And I want it, ideally, I'd like to see it on everybody's phone. Yeah. I'd like to see it somehow come as a default part of... Like the iPhone, you know how they have yeah, the health exactly. Things? Yeah, exactly. Because a lot of people who do die of cardiac arrest don't have to. That's a really, it's a really unfortunate, unnecessary death in a lot of cases. Crazy enough, cardiac arrest is the number one cause of medical death in student athletes. Young people. Cardiac arrest means your heart stops. Effectively, yeah. Your heart pumps because there are electrical signals that go through it. So the electrical signals stop functioning properly. So essentially your heart has stopped pumping and the electrical signals are just kind of misguided and miswired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They are very merp. That is what has happened. <laughs> I feel like I had parents who each had two very different ways of thinking. My parents are so fun and wonderful and lovely and funny but they definitely have like two vastly different interests career-wise and in what they think is like cool and neat and what they get excited about. So, you know, having two very disparate angles of, you know, things that are interesting growing up was really, really good for me. At Brown, my first year, I really didn't take any art. I was like, I'm here for math and science. I'm going to just take math and science. I started to take art again and really like focused on making sure I was taking a lot of art and loved it. I had so much fun. Like I, I feel like I need both elements to be there in order to be like a whole person. And in order to like have moments of creative inspiration, like the one I had to make, you know, the device that I'm making. Abby. <laughs> This has been a pleasure. It's been so nice. <laughs> Thanks so much to Abby for being on this. When I decided to make this podcast, I planned to do some cool, unique things in the places I visited. Things I could really only do in those locations. So after finishing up with Abby, I walked around Aeropostel for an hour and was in bed at 7. After a good night's sleep, I packed up my things, checked out, and went to the parking garage to retrieve my car. As I pulled up to the pay meter, I was given clear and concise instructions by the pay station's automated message. And with that, I was off to Springfield. Starting route to Springfield. You have arrived at your destination. This next classmate. There's just no proper introduction, so... I'm gonna bother you real quick. My friend Emily wants to meet you guys. Hey! Come in. What's up? You guys all law students? Yeah. Where'd Kayla go? She was left busy. Oh. So are you guys on part three of the syllabus? We're on the stage. Thank you. Yes, part three. <laughs> yes. Someone oh, just called this, Amanda from this. the closed room.
This is like if I had an identical twin. This is Kayla. Hi. Hey girl, what's up? Literally all they're doing is reading literally the outline that I already have. Like that's not helpful. Oh yeah, like, someone in our study group took don't... our outlines and sent it to the other broads. They're reading it, they're reading it word for word as well, if we don't know. I'll go back over the case reasoning when I'm done. And Brooke wants to do the same, so that's not helping Brooke either. No, because it's, it's, like, it's Eric being like, text it to me, Ava, text it. No, I swear to God, if he tells her to text it to him one more time, I'm gonna bitch slap him across the face. Those are my words that he wants. I've sent you my outline. Hi, my name's Amanda Walsh. Um, we are currently sitting in a seminar room of the Western New England Law School. So I go to law school. Um, I happen to be able to fit Emily into my busy schedule, but she made time for me and hers as well. It's during finals time of my first year of law school. I've been abroad for two years, traveled a lot, hated the school, decided to come home and transfer. Went to my number two school, which was Simmons out in Boston. It allowed me to come out of retirement and swim again. Come to fruition, fifth grade Amanda's dream of going to law school. So mm. I went to law school. And surprisingly enough, I mean, not surprising to anyone who knows me and my full schedule, I'm still swimming. I'm also the captain of the Western New England women's swimming team. Oh my God, <laughs> very cool. Thank you. That's awesome. Okay, after high school, you went to London to attend Richmond, the American International University in London and then you transferred to Simmons two years later so what did you think about London I didn't hate London I hated the school it was more of like everyone wanted to know everyone's business because no one had anything to fucking do it was a toxic roommate that ruined the whole situation <gasps> Ooh, for me. story time story time yes um I lived with a girl who was from England would harass me um one day tried to cut my toe off in the middle of the night wow so it just like wasn't a good environment. <laughs> what? She just started making up like these horrendous rumors about me and my best friend. What were the rumors? Just like that we were like dating. Like we were too close to just be oh. friends. I think you have a dramatic flair. Or is that fair to say like drama you finds me? Drama finds you. <laughs> I'm like a magnet. You are. <laughs> we met your friend group. Yes. What is what is the dynamic? Um, our, my friend group was formed because all of us girls saw a boy we liked. My friend Brooke, who I'm living with next year, so I'm moving out of my apartment, moving in with her. And then next to her is my friend Scott. He went to Quinnipiac Underground. Uh, in front of Brooke was Eric. It's He's hot. from Canada. Great, because I love hockey. So sitting behind me was Brett. We work out together. And the other side was Eric. Such a wholesome man. Next to Jack was Ava. Um... Oh, shit. Anything I say, I would say to their face kind of thing. Like, I'm not someone who's going to be like, oh, this fucking bitch, like, blah, 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 behind their back. But I, no, I'd fucking look them dead in the eye and be like, yo, I think you're a bitch. Who was high school Amanda? Because I try to explain this to people, and it's so hard to put this into words unless you knew you. Like, yeah. I would say enigma. Um hilarious like these are some of the words that come to mind like who were you in high school i think senior superlatives say it all i was voted most unique runner-up <laughs> i would say that i am a very unique person i was an athlete in high school i swam i was a leader i was in student government i did the morning announcements you know a good old good morning newtown high school like you know I, people are gonna be listening to this and be like oh like right when that comes up <laughs> you had cancer yeah so i had transferred and i was at simmons and I wasn't feeling well, so the trainers had told me to like go to the doctor. 
And you know doctors, they don't always listen to you. And they're like, oh, you're fine, your blood work's fine. But my mom's a diabetic, so she was like, let's go to my specialist and see if they could fit you in. And so I went to see an endocrinologist and she does routine ultrasounds. So it was my first visit that was just like routine. And then I guess she saw like a lump and we were sitting there and she was like, all right, well, I'm going to do a biopsy. And I looked at my mom and I'm like, well, you've had one. So probably standard procedure. I don't, I don't question thorough doctors. I question doctors when I don't feel like they're hearing me. So she did a biopsy and then I didn't hear anything. I was in Florida training, swimming with Simmons. We were swimming six hours a day. Like I had no time to think about anything besides eat, sleep, swim. It was New Year's. I had like established myself at this university in six months. Like I really felt like I had a place. Came back from Florida and I was cooking dinner, <laughs> dino nuggets and smiley french fries, mm. like weirdly enough, but I get a phone call and it was like 6.30 and I was like, that's weird. Like doctors usually close at five. Mm. Answered the phone and my doctor goes, are you sitting? And I was like, no, I'm making dinner. Like, do you <laughs> want any? Like, what do you want? And she's like, Amanda, you have cancer. Didn't explain anything. Just like hit you with the C word. And then all of a sudden I heard like ringing in my ear. I couldn't like process it. And I was like, just call my mom. And I hung up the phone. My roommate at the time like came out of the kitchen. She goes, you good? And I was like, yeah, like for the first time in my life, I like couldn't find the words. I didn't know what to say. And I think it's because I was 21 and I never thought I'd like be faced with something like that. I was like, how am I gonna tell my mom? Fuck, Angel, lose it. Like she'd jump in my coffin with me if I died. Like she wouldn't know how to live. And then my next thought was Tim. I have a twin. Tim can't function without me. I was thinking about all of the other like moving pieces in a chess game that would be impacted if the king was checked. You literally are the king. That is a great analogy. <laughs> I called my mom and she's crying. And I'm like, this is not what I need right now. I need you to like get it together. Like, let me slap you across the face and let's move forward. Oh God. I need a game plan and I need it now. There was cancer on my thyroid and around my lymph nodes all through my neck. Obviously between now and high school, I've lost 70 pounds, but like there was no, like I was trying to figure out what it was that I couldn't lose weight. I was working out, I swam all through high school. Like I was an active person, but like I also didn't like carry the weight well. I had always known like something didn't like, wasn't adding up when I was in high school, but like no one would listen to me because my blood work was fine. Mm. And I had surgery in February of 2018. Went back. I finished the swim season. Didn't take any time off of school. <laughs> I had surgery during spring break. Like I, there was no way I was missing a beat. Like I made it work for me. I'm all about making life my bitch. Like I'm not going to bend for life. Yeah. Life is going to bend for me and figure it out. Um, I got to like ring the bell finally in July of 2020, um, which was great because I had just graduated from undergrad. What are your thoughts on like things in the next couple of years, either personally or professionally? Professionally, I came to law school wanting to be a prosecuting attorney for sex crimes. I wanted to be the voice for children, law and order SVU type shit, mm -hmm. because that's like really what got me interested in law. Since being here only a year, I've found out that I'm really good with constitutional issues, um, really good with writing, but more so I'm really good with like litigating and speaking. So I just want to be able to help someone, whatever route that takes. Honestly, it would be kind of cool to be in corporate law and kick some white men's ass <laughs> in a suit all day and worry about extortion and money and corruption would be kind of cool. Personally, um, 
I hope to have like someone with me, like a partner. I love saying like it's a partnership, it's a team. Like that's what I'm looking for. Um, I'm happy in my singleness. I love being alone. I think high school Amanda would have been afraid to say. Like she was always around people all the time that she didn't like being alone. Like it, the silence was deafening and uncomfortable. Mm. But I think it's funny to think about like our younger version of ourselves and we're not the same person anymore. Just like I haven't seen you since high school. You're not the same, Emily. Like mm. I'm getting to know you at, in this moment. You're no longer the person I knew. So I think that's what's really cool about you doing a podcast like this. Yeah, for sure. People we went to high school with and like, where are they now? And yeah. Just like checking in because a lot of times people keep the same qualities and they've developed themselves, but they're not the same person. I decided to take a step back and like take a social media hiatus. And I, that stemmed from being in an alcoholic relationship with a partner who was definitely like not kosher. We broke up because I was at a party. I took my shirt off. I had a sports bra on. I work out in a sports bra. I'm on a swim team. I wear, like, no clothes ever. Yeah. And he was like, you took your shirt off. You're a thought. Like, fuck you. Like, you cheated on me type no. bullshit. So I, like, me being reasonable. Hmm. Sorry. People like that you can't be reasonable with. Right. But I took the reasonable approach, texted him, and I was like, well, to me, cheating is, like, physically mm. or, like, emotionally, like, connecting with someone else. And me taking my shirt off wearing a sports bra isn't cheating. Like, that's you projecting your insecurities on me. And sorry, honey, I know I'm hot, but I wasn't put flashing my tits out for anyone at that party. I was playing strip Jenga. You want to move on? You play strip poker all the fucking time. What a double standard. <laughs> I can't make it up. I genuinely can't make it up. Can you describe Newtown? I think Newtown's very much like a wholesome community, but we are definitely like kept in a bubble. Like you don't see a lot of like the world. Like a lot of my experiences were outside of Newtown and I love Newtown, but I would never, it's not that I would never go back, but I'm in the mentality of like, I don't want to die within 10 miles of where I'm from. Mm. So like, it's nice to have something to go back to. It's not like home anymore. Like I feel like I've outgrown it. But it's nice to like come home and like touch base with your roots. But it's just like, I feel like I have bigger shoes to fill with like where I want to be in the next 20 years I was going to run for president. Like 2036, I'm going to lose. 2048, I'm going to win. And then we're going to have a new constitutional convention and like fuck up those framers. Okay, that was like the best way to end this. <laughs> People are gonna be really like happy to hear from you, I'm sure. Shit, if you told 15 year old me like that people like actually like cared what I had to say or like what I was doing, like she wouldn't have believed it. Cause she would have been like, fuck, people like think I'm just like this loud mouth, fat girl who just like was just like there. Nothing is better than like being home and occasionally forgetting to shut off your Tinder and like getting people who would message you who like didn't talk to you in high school and be like, shit, do you know how good you look now? And I'm like, oh, that's a roast. That's a little dig. Maybe try again tomorrow because I'm not gonna even inter like engage with that. But like you tried, you shot your shot and now it's my time to reject. Okay, that was the way to end the podcast. <laughs> Thanks so much to Amanda. Before heading to my next destination, I decided to stop at a local Italian food store called Mom and Rico Specialty Market. The owner of the store also happened to be the author of the first book written about bocce. You really did write the first book on bocce. Yes, I wrote the book. I don't know how to write, but I did write a book. I'm trying to get it into the schools. I don't want to see that 80-year-old that play with that 15-year-old. Um, Have you been living in the area? I, I've been here all my life. What's your name? Emily. Emily. Oh, that's spooky.
Oh! I'm trying to, I'm not a writer, but I'm trying to do the first bocce game on the moon, and Emily is a spaceship that drives these billionaires to the moon, but I won't let them go to the moon unless they give back 50 million each to make this world a better place for the schools and parks and playgrounds. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Have a good one. As I was leaving the store, I was startled by the man's voice coming through what appeared to be an outdoor PA system he had installed. Thank you, Emily. And with that, I was off to Baltimore. Starting route to have arrived at your destination. My last classmate is someone I have seen in the past five years. She's a great friend of mine. Okay, here's another question. Why are so many of your friends lesbians? There's me. Because I uh, am a loving and accepting person. Oh, can it? <laughs> I don't know. Do you think you have an answer? I don't know, but on I on a Freudian How level, many I'd like. Are you friends with Emily? zero? Oh my god, zero. <laughs> My name is Maddie Duffy, and we're in my room in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay, so how do we know each other? Uh, from school. Originally seventh grade. Aren't we, like, best friends? <laughs> so what's been going on for the past couple of years? College at Belmont University, and I studied social entrepreneurship. Uh, yeah, I did not like Belmont. Yeah, never really found my groove there. Not finding my, like, a core group of friends. And I think that was the root of it. Like, just a lot of loneliness. Belmont uh, gives off the persona. Basically, High School Musical in... Which I love High School Musical. Not to be mistaken. I love High School Musical. It's, like, very music-oriented. Um... And everyone loves Belmont, allegedly. Or like Belmont bots post that on Yelp. Yeah, one okay. or the other. <laughs> Has anyone ever looked up a school on I Yelp? Don't know. And then when you're there, there are like the people that just thrive at Belmont. And so you see them and like, it's not that way. Um, the two people that I will hold on to their like friendship past college is Olivia and Anne McCall. Mm-hmm. Do you need a cough? <laughs> <laughs> what were some of your expectations leaving high school that didn't really pan out? I guess pressure, but also just like ingrained expectation of what college should be. Mm-hmm. That I think goes without saying. Mm-hmm. And that's what I wanted. Yeah. But. You're like, no body shots. And it's just like really painful for me. <laughs> uh, and also just like seeing everyone else. Not, like, everyone, like, random people from high school, but, like, my f- good friends. Yeah. Not you, per se. Me and my lawsuit. <laughs> like, are you happy with where you are now? Yeah. So where are you right now? Like, what's going on? So I live in Baltimore, and I'm part of a fellowship program called Venture for America mm-hmm. uh, that helps. That literally sounds like a Capital One, like, isn't that, like? <laughs> they do. I literally have the Capital One Venture card. Wait, do I? What is it? Yeah. Can you just, like, pay a fee to get a better card? Cap- I'm <laughs> Where is this coming from? I'm saying it's because I got a $650 sign-on bonus with my Chase Sapphire Preferred. Now, all I needed to spend... <laughs> well, I had to spend $4,000 in three months. So Venture for America. Oh, Venture for America. So what's Venture for America? So Venture for America is a post-grad fellowship program that's, like, entrepreneurial-focused. Venture for America helps college graduates get jobs at startups or like entrepreneurship focused organizations more growing u.s cities rather Mm -hmm. than 
like New York and LA and San Francisco. Through them, I got the job that I have in Baltimore. What do you do for your work? Mm -hmm. And I ask you this because you have so much free time during your day. (laughs) Not anymore. Okay, truly, the past few weeks, you can ask my roommates. We could get a soundbite in here of... (laughs) We will. (laughs) ...of Sharon talking about how busy I've been the Uh past few weeks. Does Maddie actually work? Yeah, she works at Mad Hard, and I don't even know why. Literally. See? Literally, I don't even... I don't understand. Okay, but for the people that can't see Sharon right now, there's a gun to her head, and (laughs) Maddie's holding it. (laughs) So I work for a company, a nonprofit called Innovation Works, and they... um, We support social entrepreneurs in Baltimore in the less... The more underserved communities to, like, grow the local economies and, like, create jobs in Baltimore. And so we run programming like with like business startup curriculum for the entrepreneurs. So I help I have two titles, program coordinator and marketing associate. So as program coordinator, I help with programs and more of my job is handling marketing for Innovation Works. Hmm. hmm. That sounds cool. If it were real. <laughs> I really do work, I swear. <laughs> no, that's cool. How do you act different? Or carry yourself different. Do you think I do? I think so. Can you answer? Yeah. I'd say you're more like... Rough around the edges is not what I'm saying, but... (laughs) Wait, let's leave it at that, That I like that. Okay. I've realized that I want to work remote for the rest of my life. Wow. Wait, really? That's interesting? Yeah, why is that? (laughs) There's so much flexibility, and I lay in my bed all day. God... (laughs) Like, on a physical <laughs> level, should you be working remote for the rest? Why, though? That's so, like, crazy to me. I also want to work by myself. <laughs> What's, like, your biggest... If everything could work out and you have this, like, hut in the middle of Alaska and you're working... That's not what I would like. My dream career would be getting paid to... Uh, do like some sort of creative work, but not, I don't think I'm too creative of a person. What are some like problems with this exact point in your life? Not being sure enough of myself or anything. How do you cope with that? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Just contemplating. That's at your remote job. <laughs> <laughs> if you said i just like work on my manifesto <laughs> i feel like i'm coming across as too uh like no, anti-social get... that's not me everyone knows me thank you to maddie and this concludes the first episode of the five-year reunion next week we're going to be in my current residence new york city to talk to three other people i went to high school with you'll also hear from a 90 year old woman i used to live with and some people i met outside of chase bank subscribe to this podcast everywhere you listen see you next week